I'm Jane Velez Mitchell, New York Times bestselling author and TV journalist. And this is Unchained TV's Voice America podcast. For the next hour, you will hear the solution to most of the problems that plague our world. And it's a solution mainstream media ignores, even though it only requires us to make one simple change. Want to know what it is and transform your life? Let's get started. Hello, and I am so honored to have two of my heroes here today, Jared Goodman from PETA, an attorney who is fighting for animals, William Neal, an incredible award-winning filmmaker. Both of them are celebrating because guess what? We've got a victory in the animal rights world. Let's check it out. After living in captivity for over half a century, the day may be almost here for Toki's return home. The 56-year-old orca, also known by her stage name Lolita, stopped performing last year but remains in her 80-foot-long, 35-foot-wide tank at the Miami's Aquarium. Calls for her return to native waters in the Pacific Northwest have only intensified. She suffered a lot, you know, where... When her body is located, her mother is still alive. Now, Local 10 News is learning an announcement on the efforts to free her is scheduled for this Thursday. It's incredible. I, I don't have words to describe how happy I feel at this moment. All right, we want to go straight out to Jared Goodman of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, which has led the fight uh, for so many decades to free Lolita. Tell us what is exactly the breaking news. Uh, what happens? Well, we're thrilled to see that uh, the dolphin company is willing to let Lolita go. Uh, finally, they announced this past week that they are uh, moving forward with plans, working with a nonprofit group called Friends of Tokite or Friends of Toki, which is another name that Lolita goes by. Um, to get her to a sea sanctuary in her native waters within uh, hopefully the next 18 to 24 months. And does it require a whole bunch of governmental approval? I've been reading a bunch of articles, New York Times, People Magazine, um, USA Today, everybody's weighing in on the complexity of this. Um, Is it a done deal? Uh, Certainly the plans have been announced and they are being put into motion. There is... There are other steps that need to be taken. Um, the reason why it's going to take 18 to 24 months is uh, really they're twofold. So there, there are indeed government approvals that will be needed, cer- certain permits that need to be sought and obtained to move her. Um, and then also she needs to be uh, continued to be rehabilitated and trained to be able to make the move safely. And there she is in the tank. And this is a huge victory for people for the ethical treatment of animals and all animal lovers around the world. Um, I would say approximately a decade ago or more, I was at a protest in Miami outside the Miami Seaquarium. And there was a woman there who I became very good friends with, Robin Camille, who got the crowd in um, an absolute euphoric mood, um, tragic but euphoric, and she was singing a song she wrote, Free Lolita, let the girl go, Free Lolita. And the whole crowd began chanting and singing this. 
Unfortunately, and it brings tears to my eyes, Robin Camille died before being able to see this moment. And this was something that was her life's goal to free Lolita. It has taken that long, William Neal. You are the filmmaker behind the incredible, incredible film, Long Gone Wild, which is currently screening and streaming on Unchained TV for free. Thank you for giving us that film. Uh, tell us your reaction to this news. It's wonderful news. And um, Jared, congratulations. I know you, you and your team have worked for years, as have uh, a number of other people, uh, to realize this moment. And I give credit to the new ownership at, um, at uh, the Miami Seaquarium for agreeing to go along with this. For years, uh, prior owners had just simply refused to even discuss uh, the release of, of Toki. And um, so it's just uh, it's just wonderful news that uh, that she's headed home to her home waters and potentially um, to uh, be reunited at, at some point, uh, even with her mother, Ocean Sun, who they believe is still there and about in her mid 90s right now. So imagine well, that. Absolutely. And I want to let everybody know that they can watch your film, Long Gone Wild. It is streaming now on Unchained TV. And I want to just give you the uh, the information to watch it. All you have to do is go to watch.unchainedtv.com forward slash browse. And um, you can watch it there for free. And you can also send it to whoever you think needs to watch it, such as people who still go to aquariums, which I believe are prisons, just like zoos are prisons. And all these zoos and aquariums need to be transferred into sanctuaries. And essentially what's going to happen to Lolita is she's going to be moved from this horrible tank she's been in to... Um, a sanctuary, sort of a cove maybe with a net that is going to allow her to be, correct me if I'm wrong, in the Puget Sound or in that area of the water and actually possibly hear the cries of her mother or other relatives, Jared? Yeah, that's exactly right. So the, the plan is to get her back up to the Pacific Northwest from which she was taken back in August of 1970. Um, and as uh, William indicated, the orca believed to be her mother is, is still alive and swimming in those waters. And so the plan is for her to be held in a, in a seaside sanctuary where she has the opportunity to continue rehabilitation while experiencing a natural environment again for the first time in decades and being able to interact with other ocean life. And only if it is in her best interest and she's sufficiently healthy to do so, would they then release her to the wild where she would have the opportunity to swim with her family? Regardless of whether or not her mother is still there, the Southern resident killer whales are. Um, the population from which she was taken, they are, uh, they're there, they have a very complex uh, society and established relationships and lifelong bonds with each other. And so there's every possibility that she could be reintegrated into that group if she's healthy enough to do so. 
I am going to ask many more detailed questions about that, but we've got some callers. Uh, Susan from Be an Animal Hero, your question or thought for our panel about Lolita and her upcoming freedom. Uh, I have been protesting at the Miami Sea Aquarium since 1986 and uh, writing books and all sorts, uh, educating and empowering youth to not go to aquariums and zoos. And what we need to do is to ultimately have the Miami Sea Aquarium be a water park, and we need to create animal hero worlds and close down SeaWorld or replace these type of exploitive prisons with kind, proactive, learn how to be an animal hero field trips for schools. Because unless we have this this uh, alternative, then these sorts of prisons are going to continue. So that's our next step is to create animal hero worlds, close down sea worlds. Thank you so much. And I know Susan Hargraves is one of the champions there protesting all the time. I know she just wrote an article celebrating this incredible development. Paige in Los Angeles, your question or thought? We've got a bunch of calls. So um, let's just hit the questions. Um, great. So are we certain that um, Lolita has been given a clean bill of health and that she will be able to, um, you know, immerse that into the marine wildlife. Thank you so much for making this happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question, and I want to throw it to Jared. A lot of people are like, well, you know, it's funny because the general public doesn't seem to worry when they're captured. Oh, are they are they going to be injured by this? But then when it comes time to release, there's all this fear about, oh, are they healthy enough to be released? Yeah, it's the dichotomy is certainly there. And, and I want to note that SeaWorld has repeatedly transferred orcas around the world. So uh, at times they would transfer orcas between uh, their different parks in the U.S. And then they went ahead and sent several to Spain uh, back in 2006. And they continue to ship marine mammals uh, most recently to, to its park in Abu Dhabi. So um, this is something that's typically done within the industry um, and specifically with respect to Lolita, one of the reasons why they're planning to hopefully do this within 18 to 24 months rather than sooner is to ensure that she is going to be sufficiently healthy to do it. So she is not at serious risk of harm and neither is the critically endangered southern resident killer whale population from where she was captured into where she's going to be returned. Um, so the, the time period is solely to ensure that it is in everyone's best interests. All right, we're gonna keep moving. We've got four more callers. A quick question from Lindsay in Woodland Hills. Hi there, my question is, you talked about it taking 18 to 24 months for this to happen and it just made me think of how long animals languish in the small space that she was in and what is her life like? Like how much of the time in the day does she spend with others or is she interacting or is she just there staring into space, so to speak? Thank you. Well, I want to take that to William Neal, who has done this just incredible documentary called Long Gone Wild, which is currently streaming on 
Unchained TV for free. And I think this is a good moment, if we can, to play a little bit of it. I'm going to play more of it later, but let's just play a little bit of a clip of this incredible uh, documentary. capturing uh, orcas and shipping them here to China. They're getting between two and seven million dollars, we understand, for each animal. This is a lucrative business. It is wildlife trade. There's nothing worse but the drug trade when you're talking about scary. So this is the location that the construction worker told us that the marine mammal are held in before they're displayed. So the orcas are here someplace. The idea that you're taking naive trainers and dropping in freshly caught killer whales into parks in Russia and China is terrifying. Seeing orcas in the wild, honestly, it's just indescribable. It's intimidating and exhilarating at the same time. That first breath that you hear in person changes your life. Such an incredible documentary. I urge everybody to watch it. It picks up where Blackfish ended. Uh, what was your answer, William? Uh, and congrats on that incredible film to the question of the uh, caller. Thank you. Well, um, Lolita spent most of the time with two or three other dolphins who often uh, would uh, menace her. So it wasn't a particularly comfortable situation for her. And she has not been with an, another orca for decades. She spent about 10 years with an orca called Hugo, uh, and they shared that small tank that she is in. You've seen it. And we were there, we filmed there, and frankly, um, you know, to me it, it, and our crew, it felt like we were in a third world country. I mean, it's a really kind of rundown facility and it is very small. Uh, and uh, with Hugo, uh, he basically killed himself. He banged his head against the side of the, uh, the tank so many times he had an aneurysm and ended up dying and they buried him in a landfill. Uh, that's what happened with Hugo. And since then, um, decades ago, um, uh, Lolita Toki has been without uh, an orca companion. Uh, just terrible. And, you know, an animal killing himself by bashing his head against the side. Doesn't that say everything? Let's go to our next caller. Um, Michael in Los Angeles, your question or thought? Yeah, hi. My question is, um, how do you feel Lolita will do after um, being in captivity for so long and adapting to her new uh, environment in the wild? Do you think she'll have any psychological or behavioral issues? Um, let me throw that to Jared. Well, I mean, we certainly know that she has 
psychological issues now. She exhibits uh, abnormal behaviors that are consistent with animals who are held in extreme captivity, um, like in, you see in terrestrial animals pacing back and forth or biting on a cage. Um, she will float listlessly in her tank and, and swim in patterns. Um, and these are called stereotypical behaviors that are caused by being held in adequate conditions. Um, so there's there's going to be a certainly a transition, and the, the purpose of this time before she's moved is to try to get her as comfortable as possible with the entire process from having to be put in a sling, to be loaded onto a transport truck, to a plane. Um, so they're going to do everything they can to make her as comfortable as possible moving forward. All right. We've got yet another caller, Donnie, in New York City. Your question or thought regarding Lolita. Yeah, sure. First of all, I'm from Miami, and 45 years ago, I saw Lolita in that bathtub, but I didn't know better because I was just five years old. But looking back, how could those adults have taken me there? And Jane, I was with you at the Miracle March for Lolita in 2015, where hundreds of people from around the country, perhaps even around the world, came to call for her release. And so it's just so exciting that this is finally potentially happening. Uh, Here's my question. I remember years ago, some scientists played the sounds of her pod in her tank, and she appears to have reacted to that. So did she recognize their voice, or do we know if she recognized their voice, and will she be able to communicate in their language when she is released? Do you want to take a crack at that? Oh, thank you, Donnie, and thank you for, for encouraging me to go to that event. And I'm so emotional because... I remember being there with Robin Camille, this incredible singer, singing Free Lolita with hundreds of people joining her. It was, you know, it's torture for humans, too, because every couple of days, I don't know about you, but I think Lolita is still there. And I personally feel tortured by it. And I'm sure millions of people around the world feel tortured about it. Um, Who wants to take a crack at that question? All right, I'm going to have to pick somebody. I'm happy to do it. Repeat the question. Well, I can't remember. About the the, um, communicating with her family. Uh, Acoustically, uh, the orca experts believe that, yes, she will remember uh, the uh, voices of her family and will be able to communicate acoustically with them even in the in the sea pen, uh, seaside sanctuary, as you were as you correctly noted, Jane, there will be a net uh, to prevent her from getting out, so that the veterinarians and other caregivers can take good care of her. They will feed her. She will get veterinarian care. All the things she's getting in her tank. Only she will be able to be free and and uh, swim free. Uh, in an area roughly 300 times the size of the tank she's in now. And there will be tides, there will be fish, there will be other animals. So she'll be able to enjoy that. And eventually the hope is because she's now 56. And as we noted earlier, her mother is in her mid nineties. So potentially Lolita Toki could live many more years and uh, if all things went well, she could potentially be reunited with her family in the wild. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, we've got more callers. Wow, this is such a 
a hot topic. Steve in Dallas, Texas, your question or thought regarding Lolita. I think it's wonderful to hear a success. You know, we activists, um, we work hard on issues like this. It's great to hear such a success. But to the callers and listeners out there, this was a successful effort by people like you who just care and, and want to do something. If you have the ability to, to have some time to, to commit to your local activist group or, or animal rights groups, please reach out and, and volunteer and, and be a part of, of the movement because it works. This is a success. I just want this opportunity for, for the listeners to consider joining their local animal rights groups. What are your thoughts? Thank you. Uh, I, I will answer that and say hallelujah right on. <laughs> and by the way, uh, this QR code you see, it'll take you right to the Unchained TV streaming app, which is the world's only 100% free nonprofit vegan animal rights streaming network. And you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on Amazon Fire Stick. You can watch it on your TV via your Roku device, your Apple TV device, your Amazon Fire Stick, soon to be on all Samsung TVs. And William Neal's documentary is right there. So just put your phone up to this uh, and uh, you can go right to uh, the online version of this free app, which is designed for one reason only. We want to get people who need to see this. Donnie Moss mentioned that where were the parents? It's the ignorance of people who think they're doing something good for their kids to take them there when actually they're traumatizing their kids uh, and they're perpetuating um, a cruel system, but they don't have that information. But if they watched Long Gone Wild or some of the many PETA videos that we stream on Unchained TV, they would get the idea. All right, we got more callers. Nilo Far in Dallas, Texas, your question or thought. Hi, um, orcas, compared to the rest of the almost 8 million other species, it seems would have the capability and opportunity to kill their trainers, handlers, abusers, whatever you call them. For example, um, the, male tele the, the male orca Telecom killed three, the male um, orca Quito killed one, um, so it's a hard question, but why do you think um, Lolita, who probably had the capability and opportunity to, um, to kill um, a, a trainer or handler, didn't use it? Interesting. William, uh, you've studied these animals. What do you think? Uh, that's an excellent question. Um, of course, um, the uh, tragic event at SeaWorld um, uh, was considered, you know, they, they considered it to really be uh, more of an accident than anything, that, that the killer whale uh, who killed Don Branchow, um, you know, thought that perhaps she was playing a game. Uh, and um, and it just got carried away, and unfortunately, she died in that incident. But I, I want to be clear about one thing: these are it's the ownership of these parks that are the issue. The trainers love these animals, and they do treat them very well. And they 
they bond with the orcas, which is a, one of the main reasons why the orcas don't. Uh, you're breaking up a little bit, but we're going to have to come back to you. But yes, it, you know, it's the system that is evil, not necessarily the people in it. We have so many people, for example, in the veterinarian profession who go into veterinary work because they love animals. And then they end up because they're funneled into these cruel systems working at a place that breeds animals for laboratory experimentation or a factory farm. And, you know, as my hero, Dr. Silas Rouse says, we're all being factory farmed. It's the system that is cruel. Um, let's go. We've got so many more callers. Amazing. Um, we're going to go through these real quick. Michelle in Los Angeles, your question or thought. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, um, so I want to know, how is this legal for them to take these beautiful creatures from the wild and keep them in captivity? Great question for Jared Goodman, an attorney from PETA. So uh, there, there, there are a couple of uh, sort of aspects to this. So uh, in terms of capturing Lolita, as happened in 1970, that wouldn't happen today. The Marine Mammal Protection Act was passed two years later. And while it does technically permit wild captures for public display purposes, um, no permit has been issued to allow for that in about three decades. And I feel very confident saying uh, that no orca will be captured again from U.S. waters for the purposes of public display. Um, but once an animal is held captive, the Animal Welfare Act is what regulates their uh, conditions. And of the, the many lawsuits that we've pursued on Lolita's behalf have, have involved the fact that the conditions in which he's held apparently don't meet even the bare minimum standards of the Federal Animal Welfare Act, which is pretty pathetic because those that exist um, are not sufficient for an animal like Lolita to thrive, but even those were not being met by the size of her tank or being held with incompatible animals and not having adequate protection from the sun. So really the answer to your question is, it's not always being done lawfully. Um, but fortunately, because of activists like everyone calling in and watching this right now, we are seeing the end of orca captivity in the US between Lolita's potential transfer and SeaWorld committing to not breed any more orcas. Um, it's the beginning of the end, at least here in this country. But of course, as William Scott Dementry speaks to, um, there are issues overseas as well. Oh, the issues overseas we're going to get to because they're scary. But let's get through these callers. Wow, Joy, Joe in West Virginia. Joe, your question or thought? Hi, uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Great show, Jane, as usual. I'm also concerned about the various octopus farms which are coming up. Uh, do you have any petitions to keep these animals out of the cages and in, out from captivity and into the freedom where they belong? That is such a good question, Jared. Um, you may be aware because <laughs> Pete is aware of all issues and is on the forefront of all issues, but there's attempts now to uh, create these octopus farms, I think one in Spain and elsewhere, which, uh, you know, the intelligence, it's so I, tragically ironic. My octopus friend, I believe is the name of a documentary that was, uh, you know, before billions of people at the Oscars, and yet they're trying to do this. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
You know, it's just, it is yet another example um, of us taking dominion over intelligent sentient creatures and forcing them to suffer um, substantially and for extended periods of time, just like other animals in, in the agriculture and in the food systems. Um, so PETA is certainly uh, opposed to the development of any sort of uh, octopus farm to farm these animals for the purposes of food. Um, as well as any really aquaculture facility. Um, you know, animals are not ours to eat. Um, let's go to Annie in Sherman Oaks. Your question or thought? Oh, hi. Yes. Um, thank you so for doing this. Appreciate the efforts of everybody and you especially leading on. I also want to mention Lindy Baker with your show, she did a show with uh, for Tocate, uh Lolita to free her with Peggy Oki. It's an incredible effort that has been happening for years. What can we do to eliminate the process that's been happening here, the tiny baby steps that are happening to stop the breeding, to stop the captivity that's happening far too slow, obviously, for us to celebrate yet. I mean, I I'm think so what, grateful I'm gonna jump for Lolita. Yes, animals, are they being bred in captivity along with being captured from the wild? Are they also being bred in captivity, which is equally cruel in a slightly different way? William. Yeah, SeaWorld, uh, as, as Jared noted, since the, um, uh, the, the passage of the Marine Mammal Protection Act back in 1972, there's been very little uh, activity in terms of uh, snatching orcas from the wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it is an issue and, um, um, I, I guess we just have to see where it goes from here. As Jared also said, SeaWorld has, uh, committed to stop the breeding of animals, which they have, uh, of orcas, which they've been doing for years. Um, but if you think about it, a number of the orcas at SeaWorld are still very young and they could live, who knows, 60, 70, 80 more years. So unless there is uh, a commitment to retire those orcas to uh, seaside sanctuaries, they are going to remain in these confined concrete tanks for many years to come. Again, if you want to watch the documentary, which I urge you to do, just put your phone over that QR code. You can go straight to our Unchained TV streaming network for animals and the environment and human health. And you can watch Long Gone Wild. I urge you to do so. It is very informative and moving. And you can also send that documentary to somebody you think needs to see it, for example, somebody who might be taking their kids to a um, an aquarium or a zoo. You know, when I lived in New York City, uh, people would come up to me in Central Park and say, "Which way is the zoo?" I said, "I'm not telling you. I don't think you should go to the zoo and explain to them why." Um, I feel it's. Uh, abusive to the kids too. I was taken to the Central Park Zoo when I was a kid and it just made me depressed uh, because I was aware that these animals are miserable. Um, you know, is it changing? That's what I wanna ask in terms of the big question. Um, we're talking about one animal at this point and you save the life for one animal, you've saved the world for that one animal. Um, Lolita has become kind of the poster child for animal rights in um, 
a large way because of blackfish and other focuses on um, orcas and dolphins in captivity. Um, is this a milestone for our movement, Jared? Uh, I certainly think so, uh, because it is a signal to places like SeaWorld that they need to do better. Uh, it's just simply agreeing to not breed more orcas into captivity uh, doesn't do anything for the, the orcas who are currently there. And as William noted, some of them are, are really quite young. Uh, while that's happening, they continue to forcibly breed dolphins, including when some females are resisting, drugging them and taking them out of the water so they're unable to fight back. Um, but we're absolutely moving in the right direction. Between the moves that have been made for orcas, um, after PETA pushing, SeaWorld has stopped standing on dolphins' faces during performances, um, and we are continuing to push them to stop breeding other animals uh, for the purposes of public display and do exactly as you indicated earlier, become a rescue and rehab and rehabilitation center where animals can truly go um, to receive the care that they absolutely need uh, with the hope of being re-released to some sort of sanctuary environment, um, but continually breeding orcas and, and other animals for public display purposes is really, it, it's archaic. And I think we are moving in the direction of recognizing it as such quite soon. It's very hard to see progress in real time, but for those many, many, many people who protested outside Seaquarium. And by the way, we invite SeaWorld, Seaquarium, any of these aquariums and or zoos on to Unchained TV anytime. We would love to dialogue with you. You have an open invitation to respond to anything we've said here today. But after many, many decades of protests, this has been a moment for euphoria and joy. Here, one PETA member just expressing her joy outside Miami Seaquarium upon hearing the news. Lolita is going home. Lolita the orca was abducted from the ocean and taken away from her family in 1970 and has spent nearly the last 53 years in the world's smallest orca tank here at Miami Seaquarium. But today is a historic day. It has been announced that plans are being put in place to return Lolita to her ocean home in her native waters where she can finally have some semblance of a natural life. She'll finally be able to feel the ocean's currents, dive deep, and possibly even hear her family's calls. This announcement comes after Peta has pursued several lawsuits on behalf of Lolita and after Peta and local activists have battered the Miami Seaquarium with protests for years. We are hopeful that this is sending a clear message to other parks that the days of confining these highly intelligent, Wow, that was somebody just being so happy, reflecting the joy that so many of the people commenting here have expressed. Um, but you mentioned, William, that in other parts of the world, and you get into this in your incredible film, Long Gone Wild, they are sort of ramping up. And this is so classic that we in the United States uh, get a handle or at least make some progress on an issue and then the problem gets worse overseas somewhere. Tell us about the problem in China and Russia. Sure. Um, 
we went to China as part of our filming of the documentary, and and you, I know, know um, Rico Berry, uh, and uh, many of the viewers may know him from the uh, uh, Oscar-winning documentary The Cove. And Rick and I went there with a the crew uh, to check out the um, uh, marine parks that are going up practically on every corner there. And when we were there, it was just before COVID hit. So there has been a, a slowdown in the building of all of these parks, but they have um, uh, acquired orcas that are captured in the wild by Russians uh, in the, uh, it, outside of the, the, the shores of Russia. And they are shipping them to China uh, and charging as much as five to seven million dollars per orca, yeah. and uh, so it's 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 a potentially um, uh, difficult situation to deal with because it, they're foreign waters, they're foreign countries, and and of course now with the war in Ukraine and all the issues with China, it complicates it even more. But there are orcas there, and I believe the plan is to have many more if they can. Well, what can be done about that? That is a punch to the stomach. You know, we, we just have a victory here, and as so often happens, then it's like three steps forward, two steps back, or even two steps forward, three steps back. I don't know, Jared. Well, I, I have what I think is uh, fairly good news in that I believe the, the quota for Russian orca captures was set to zero um, the last couple of years after a bit of a proliferation of orca captures that were happening in Russian waters. Um, so there is some possibility that, uh, well, not only is that paused, but there is some possibility that we won't see it pick up again. Um, but it's it's for that reason, it's continually important to continue pressuring these facilities to retire animals to sanctuaries, to not capture and breed more, um, and to encourage everyone to stay away from marine mammal parks because the only thing that is going to make them uh, be able to stay in business and continue to capture and care for captive orcas is by people paying to get through the gates. Well, I was in Florida at the airport waiting online, and one of the people who worked for the airport was touting uh, the aquarium. And you've got, you know, the aquarium. And and I was like, I started arguing with him. I said, you're a government worker. Why are you hawking for um, one of these ginormous aquariums and trying to get people to go to the aquariums? And, and he's like, how dare you? And I was like, how dare you? And so these... Um, Aquariums are are quite powerful, um, but let's talk a little bit about some of the people who came together to make this particular liberation in progress happen. Because we, again, it's a system that's evil. It's not necessarily people, um, in my opinion. We we want to give people the opportunity to change. Now we had a um, major um, mogul with the cults who is stepping up, spending many, many millions of dollars. Let's talk a little bit about him and give him some props. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I read that the 
a new owner of the Miami Seaquarium also had a change of heart as a result of something his young daughter said. Can you clarify all that? I don't want to misspeak, Jared. Yeah, that's all correct. Um, so Eduardo Albor, the CEO of the Dolphin Company, said that when he was considering taking over the, the Seaquarium, uh, he went to Lolita's show with his daughter and she had to step out because she was so upset by the conditions in which she is held there. And, you know, even photos like this don't really do it justice. Um, she's held in an area that is about 80 by 35. And at the, the tank at its very deepest point is 20 feet. And she's 20 feet long. So she can only go a few body lengths in any direction or not even a full body length uh, down to the bottom of her tank. Um, so fortunately, his daughter recognized this. And with the pressure from... PETA and other groups um, and his daughter's uh, situation and raising the issue with him. And then you have Friends of Toki and Sacred Sea and, and the Lummi elders, um, all who came together to push for this same common goal. Um, and ultimately, with uh, Pritam Singh and Friends of Toki and then Jim Ursay uh, helping to fund the potential retirement, um, really just all of the, everything aligned to make this possible for Lolita, which shows that uh, as long as there is this interest, everything can align to uh, help many more animals uh, after she's ultimately moved. I'm just... Jane, if I can just add one thing yeah. to uh, what Jared said, in terms of you, you think about the, those, uh, the confines that the whale, that, that Lolita has been in all these years and just how tiny that is, Contrast that with killer whales in the wild who swim upwards of 80 to 100 miles every day and will dive as deep as 300 feet or more. So when you compare that to what Lolita is in, it just exacerbates all that she has had to deal with all this time. Absolutely. And I just want to add something just to maybe a flight of fancy, but it seems that this young daughter, apparently she was quite young, got upset and said to her dad, you know, no, I can't watch this. And he's the one buying the entire sequarium. And then instead of ignoring his child, he listened to her. Wow. And he's now involved in this process of moving Lolita. However, it's still a sequarium. Is there any way to work with this man who seems to have had a shift in consciousness? We have to always give people the opportunity to um, evolve. I didn't, uh, I wasn't, for example, I'm vegan 26 years, but I wasn't born vegan. Okay. So uh, I had the opportunity to evolve. I was involved in a process where I learned more and more and I became more aware of cruelty. We have to give other people the opportunity to evolve. But this man could go down in history if he became the first to turn a sequarium, an aquarium, into a true sanctuary by hook or by crook. Um, is there a way to do that? And could you work with him to do that, Jared? Absolutely. And, and PETA has reached out and is standing willing and able to work with him to move towards that for the entire park. And there are, I think, a, a few factors here that we all should consider um, when celebrating this. So this is incredible for Lolita. The fact is that Lolita is not currently on public display. 
Um, they closed her tank, and we believe that's because the U.S. Department of Agriculture didn't allow them to keep the tank open because it doesn't meet the minimum standards of the Animal Welfare Act. So, um, you know, we do need to be cognizant of that factor. And, and while the facility is open for all the other dolphins and marine animals who are also being held in conditions that are entirely unnatural. And with this aquarium, this is particularly important where over the last couple of years, the USDA has issued incredibly damning inspection reports of the facility showing that, uh, for example, incompatible dolphins were held together to the extent that they were literally killing each other. And the aquarium still was not keeping track of who was held where such that they were able to avoid it. And then even more recently than that, they were starving dolphins into submission so they would be hungrier and more responsive when they were forced to perform for the public. Um, so Edward Albor and the Dolphin Company absolutely deserve praise for everything that they are planning to do with Lolita. Um, but there's also many, there are also many areas for us conti to continue to push for them to do the right thing with respect to these other animals who have been documented suffering and dying in those tanks. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask is that, you know, uh, when there's a tipping point, as they say, right, you always look for that tipping point. Look at the circuses. It's not like we've eliminated all animals in circuses, but when I started Unchained TV, back when I wrapped up my career as a mainstream media TV journalist in 2015, I remember I went to a protest in Brooklyn, I think it was like the Staples Center or one of those giant centers against Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And PETA has also protested against animals in the circuses and led that campaign. And there were 200 people in the nine degree weather and we were all like, oh, is it worth it to be here? Well, lo and behold, not because of us or me, but because of organizations like PETA, Ringling Brothers not only went out of business, stopped using animals, coming back now without animals, okay? And I can see a lot of these sequariums transfer, transforming into a three-dimensional virtual reality experience. I had an argument with, there's a, an environmental group here in LA that has an aquarium. And I was talking to somebody there and saying, aquariums are of the past. They are of the 19th century or 18th century. We live in a world where you can literally swim with the dolphins when you put on a pair of goggles. There is incredible um, three-dimensional um, stuff that can happen that can be far more entertaining for kids and informative for kids than just having them walk around and watch an, a sad animal trapped in a... Um, a pen or a tank. I mean, this guy has the opportunity to truly transform not only an entire industry, but literally have, you know, sort of an evolutionary change in these kinds of um, institutions, just like um, now all the circuses. Cirque du Soleil is far more interesting than watching a lion go through a hoop. I mean, I'd like to get everybody's take on that because to me, that's the big answer. Uh, Jared, and then we'll go to William. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think Ringling was a fantastic example to use because that was a, a sustained campaign by not only groups like PETA, but also uh, every activist who just opposed simply keeping 
elephants and other animals in captivity for the purposes of using them in a circus. And after three decades, that was incredibly successful. And Ringling taking animals off the road was the first step in getting other circuses to follow suit because they, they finally saw that they didn't need to do that in order to be successful. And we absolutely can do the same thing for marine animals. And you know, that's happened. We're, we're moving in that direction now. But as you note, there's incredible virtual reality. There are lifelike animatronic dolphins that are being developed. Um, it's just such, a, it's so heartening to see uh, so many people coming together from different walks of life and using their experience, whether um, out on the front lines as an activist or in the courtrooms or technologically developing these tools that can be, that can be used as a replacement for dolphin and orca captivity. Um, you know, it's, the technology is there. Um, I think more people are going to be exposed to it uh, as time goes on and there is an opportunity to make this happen. I, I do agree. And I think if somebody brought all these people together, like the high tech with the animatronics and the virtual reality and did a meeting with this man and said, hey, how would you like to go down in history? How would you like to be the first and show what can be done? I would go to that. And I've never stepped foot in an aquarium or a zoo except dragged as a child by my parents. I I would go and watch that. I think that would be it. it it's a win. You have to find a win for the people doing this. And that could be uh, a huge win. I think it would be. What are your thoughts, William? Well, another, uh, uh, another so-called sport that has virtually disappeared is dog racing. Uh, you know, there were dog racing tracks all over the country for years. And now I believe there are only two uh, left in there in West Virginia. But that, again, I call it a so-called sport because I don't consider it a sport. But uh, that is another area that uh, has virtually disappeared along with the Ringling Brothers. And relative to the electronic world, that can also be translated to the, uh, to the sea sanctuaries. I know the uh, Whale Sanctuary Project uh, up in Nova Scotia, uh, they've been working for years and we feature them in Long Gone Wild. Uh, they've been working for years on that uh, to get that sanctuary ready for whales. And eventually there could be um, 3D shows. You could have cameras there above ground and underwater, and you could create 3D shows from these sanctuaries as well. So that's another potential outlet. Absolutely. Uh, and I urge everybody, watch a William Neal's incredible documentary, Long Gone Wild. It is on Unchained TV. You can just jot this down, watch.unchainedtv.com forward slash browse. Uh, or you can uh, go here and uh, just put your phone in front of the QR code. And the great thing is that then you can actually, when you download our app, which is free nonprofit, you can text the documentary to people. Let's say you have a relative that you've had a discussion with and they insist on taking their kids to aquariums. You can literally text this documentary right to them. So it's kind of revolutionary in that way uh, because people need to know. They need to get the information. Uh, you know, my parents thought they were doing a good thing when they took me to the Central Park Zoo. And 
And I would sit there and stare at the seals in the center in this tiny little pen. And I was a child and I could see they were miserable. Why can't the adults see that? Why is it that it was a the daughter of the Miami Seaquarium who said, I can't watch this? That the children know. And actually, you are numbing them when you take them to these places, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. So we've only got a couple of minutes. I just want to get final thoughts from everybody. Um, we don't want to you know, snatch defeat from victory. This is a huge victory. Lolita is free. Uh, what are your final thoughts? She's going to be free. I don't want to jump jump the gun here. She's There's a plan to get her back to the Puget Sound near Seattle in a sanctuary, which is like a pen with a net where she can be in the same waters and hear the calls, hopefully, of her relatives. So uh, let's get some final thoughts. Uh, William Neal. I would hope that what's happened here at Miami Seaquarium, that the ownership of SeaWorld, which now, as you as we noted in the beginning of, of the documentary that they have 20 killer whales. Well, they only have 19 now. And, uh, but that's 19 more than Lolita. And uh, I, I would love to see SeaWorld enter into discussions that Miami Seaquarium has done here and start to talk to them about retiring some of those orcas not just they're still performing there and what changed with their commitment not to um, uh, continue breeding what changed was not much for the orcas that are there the environment for the audience changed but not much has changed for the orcas so my hope would be that SeaWorld and other parks would pick up where Miami Seaquarium has left off and start talking seriously about retiring these orcas to seaside sanctuaries. And Whale Sanctuary Project is, is very close to finishing up up there in Nova Scotia and they could begin uh, accepting these orcas. I love it. Jared, your final thoughts as the attorney for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're absolutely thrilled that things are moving in the right direction for Lolita and echoing William really do need to move in that direction for others as well. And that, that's not a reason not to celebrate. We absolutely should be, but continuing to, to put pressure on SeaWorld and the Dolphin Company at PETA.org um, or elsewhere, contacting these facilities and telling them that you want to see them do the right thing by the other animals as well, because Lolita is not the only one suffering in a concrete tank. The other orcas and dolphins held at marine parks are similarly incredibly intelligent, complex beings whose bare necessities and needs are, are and needs are not being met when they're crammed into concrete tanks. And um, this is a sign that we can all move in the right direction. Um, and SeaWorld absolutely should be the next one to take a seat at the table and talk about making this right decision for the other animals and its tanks. I want to thank both of you. I know you're very busy, gentlemen, for taking the time to talk to us and our 
audience of animal lovers at Unchained TV. This is a huge symbolic victory. And when things change, they can change very rapidly. Um, I hope we see the collapse of this old system, which is really medieval and backwards. We are in the 21st century. Let's use all the technology at our command to entertain without torturing animals. See you next time here on Unchained TV and download the app. Thank you so very much, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.